how many know down deep in your soul tonight that worthy is the lamb that was slain for us? How many know deeper than just our words, but down deep in your heart, you know that he's worthy. You know that he deserves all the credit, all the glory, all the praise in your life. I cannot come into God's house and act like God has not saved me. God has not transformed me. I'm so thankful tonight for the mercy and love of Jesus Christ. Worthy is the lamb tonight. Can we give him praise? Clap our hands. Give him honor tonight and glory and praise. Hallelujah. We're so thankful that he's in our midst tonight. I'm so ready tonight to hear a word from the Lord, experience God's presence. We believe every time we gather together, he's in our midst. And if he's in our midst, then anything can happen. We're ready tonight for what God desires of us. We're ready to experience it and be obedient in it. So we're thankful that he's here and we're thankful that you're here tonight. Would you get out in the aisles and greet one another into God's house tonight?
So the comedy hour is here. I'm still talking to folks. Isn't it hot in here to you? Shane leaned over to me and he said, we're just wanting people to feel like it's the bad place so they won't want to go there. <laughs> I'm about there. I told him, I can't shout in this heat. Richard's going to check on it. It's so good to see you this evening. Please be seated. God bless you. Boy, wasn't the presence of the Lord good this morning? The power of the Lord was here in a great way. This praise and worship team has done real good over the last two weeks, haven't they? Aren't you proud of them? They're telling me there was about seven people saved this morning at the morning worship service. The power of God was here in a great way, and we're so thankful. I'm here to receive the offering this evening. Our ushers are coming to get ready to serve you. After the, the men of valor who are here tonight, men of valor. Do you appreciate the men of valor? They're going to be singing for us in just a moment. But before they come, I want to make introduction of a young man who's, who's a part of our church. If you don't know Shane and Nikki Denny, then, uh, then tonight's a, going to be a special treat for you. They come to us and, and have been attending our church for several months this year. And we're, we love them. They got a beautiful little girl, Bella. And Bella is precious. She, um, they sent a video to me the other day. And she, on the video, she said, I love you, Pastor Ray. She is famous. That girl is smart as a tag. But Shane and Nikki are here tonight. Bella's apparently back in the children's area. Stand up, you guys. I want them to see who you are. This is Shane and his lovely wife, Nikki. Now, these guys... Shane used to preach for me when I was a youth pastor way back in the day, and he was a kid himself. And then he went to Lee and came home and became a youth pastor, and then he went on to be a pastor. He pastored at the Mount Carmel. At the Carmel, not Mount. You weren't high enough to be on the Mount. You were just Carmel. The Carmel Church of God. And he pastored there. He and Nikki pastored there for, for years, and they God blessed them and used them. And They've moved back over into this area, and they're attending our church. So we're, we welcome them, and we're excited that they're part of our church family. So what we, what we got is we've added another good preacher to our, uh, our, our, our team. And so he's going to be ministering the Word of God tonight. And I want you to, to welcome him when he comes to minister and, and open your heart to him because he's got a good word for us tonight. He told me how he's been preparing and praying for it and got the word that he believes comes from the Lord tonight. So I'm excited about that. God bless you as you prepare in your hearts to give. Remember, we give cheerfully because God wants us to be kind and giving and loving and he wants us to sow bountifully. And when we sow bountifully, we reap bountifully. So honor the Lord with your gifts tonight. Father, we come to you. We don't give to a church. We're not giving to a preacher. Lord, we're giving to you, to your kingdom, and to your work. I thank you for the opportunity to be used in your, your kingdom economy. I pray that you will bless the gifts from your people tonight, that you will touch every heart, every life. Bless those that can give, and Lord, I pray blessings for those who cannot. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, who we love and honor. Amen.
Well, it's good to be back. And, uh, thank you. We came in tonight, uh, saw this pretty lady walk in the door, and I have asked everyone about her, and I've missed her. So, Marcia, it is so good to have you back with us. And tonight, uh, I'm blessed tonight, uh, my son and his, his wife, Laura, Chris and Laura, are here to visit with us. Yeah. And they've come to visit. You know. But we know that tomorrow that he'll go back home. And Marcia, she said that she's working. And we'll miss people when they're gone. But one day, the world's going to awaken and all the Christians are going to be gone. All of them. And I want you to know, we'll be living in the promised land. Listen to the words. Somebody tell my mother, somebody tell 
know we're going to be missing. But we have that option. We have that choice that we can make. We can choose life, eternal, or we can choose death. It's our choice. And there'll come a time. It says, look for the Lord while he's near. But there'll come a time when time will be no more. And there will be that midnight cry. Listen to the words.
Praise the Lord. How many of you are looking forward to that day when he comes again? You know, the Bible says that the Lord himself shall descend with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise. Then those that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with the Lord. And there shall we forever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. I don't know about you. When I look at all the mess that's going on around us and all the things that are taking place, it comforts my heart that it won't be long. It won't be long till we hear that trumpet sound and we'll leave this place and go to be with the Lord forever. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight? Oh, we praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 If you have your Bibles, turn over with me to the book of Psalms. Psalm 91. And if you'll just stand for the reading of God's word, we'll look at Psalm 91, verse 1. And it is an honor to be a part of this church. Some of you may think, well, we don't see you very often. Well, th there's a reason for that. I work, a, I work a shift job, so I'm here two weekends in a row, and then I'm gone two weekends in a row. So you pray for me that God give me a new job, and we'll be here every weekend, all right? So uh, that's our desire. But um, until that happens, you know how it goes. We all have to work. But Psalm 91.1, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of of the Almighty. Will you bow your heads? Lord, God, we're so thankful for your promises. God, we're, we're thankful that your word is sure and that, God, you are not a man that you might lie. 
And God, you have given us this blessed promise that if we would abide under, if we would abide in the secret place, that Father, we would find ourselves under the shadow of the Almighty. We'd find ourselves under your wings. For God, you want to draw us in as a hen doth her brood. And God, I pray that we would do that tonight. We'd allow you to draw us in. And that Father, that we would learn the secrets of the secret place. And that you would bring us to a greater depth with you and a greater closeness with you than we've ever been. And we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I'd like to speak to you tonight on the topic of you'll find him in the secret place. How many of you want to be closer with the Lord? We all want to be closer with the Lord. And, you know, and I have found it true that the Lord will speak to you anywhere you're at. How many of you know that's true? Sometimes he'll speak to you when you're watching a movie. I, I know sometimes I've been watching a movie and sometimes the Lord will speak to me through the movie. I, I've felt the Lord speak to me when I've been driving in my car to and from work. I've felt the Lord speak to me in the mall. I've I I felt the Lord speak to me in all manner of places. But I want to tell you, there's a greater depth of God speaking to us and revealing himself to us that can only be found in the secret place. Amen. If we really want to get close to the Lord, if we really want to hear his voice, we got to get to that secret place. You know, my wife wants to tell me something private. She doesn't shout it across the room. Right? How do you know there are certain things that you, you only tell in a secret place? And I believe there are things that God wants to reveal to his children. I believe there are things that God wants to show to us that we can only be found in the secret place. And I believe in this day and age where everything seems to have, everyone seems to have lost, have, have lost their mind. I mean, things, I don't know about you, I, I don't want to watch the news anymore. Right? It seems as though the world has went crazy, and it's, and it's only going to get worse. I don't mean to be a prophet of doom, but Trump's not going to fix everything, right? Or no, neither would Hillary, either side. They're both messed up. I'm not, and if I make it mad, I'm just telling you, man can't fix the problems that we have today. It's going to take an intervention from God. And the only way we're going to get that intervention is to get in the secret place and to get the ear of, or actually let God get our ear. We don't need to get his ear. We need to let him get our ear. We need to hear the voice of God tonight. I begin to think about testimonies of those who have discovered the secret place. You know, a secret is something that's precious and something that, that we need to find. And I begin to think about people throughout the Bible who found the secret place. I think of Moses who knew he was called of God, and he tried to do it his way. And he, he killed an Egyptian, and Pharaoh found out, and he had to run. He ran for his life, and there he is dejected. And the Bible says that he found himself on the backside of the desert, keeping his father-in-law's sheep. He was in a bad spot, Pastor Ray. He, he was doing something that he didn't want to do. He had been raised to be a prince. He had been raised to lead people. And now he found himself not only in the desert, but he found himself on the backside of the desert doing something they didn't want to do. But there God was. I, I don't know where you are in your walk with God tonight and where you are in your experience in life. You may feel like you're on the backside of the desert and nobody knows your name and nobody knows where you are and you're doing something that doesn't seem to have any meaning or purpose, but I want to tell you God can show up on the backside of the desert in a secret place and he can speak to you. I think sometimes we, 
we underestimate the places that God has us. We, we overlook the value of where God has us. Sometimes God has got to get us in a place where we're isolated, where we're all by ourselves so he can get our attention. He got Moses' attention. And there in a burning bush, he heard the voice of God. And God began to speak to him and to, to show him what he was going to do through him. I think of the high priest, how he once a year, he would have to be sanctified and purified. And he would go into the most holy place. You know, and they had the outer court, they had the inner court, and then they had the most holy place. It was so holy that they would keep the high priest up all night long, reading him the law of God, lest he had, had an unclean thought. Because they would tie a rope around his ankle, and he had bells and pomegranates all around his robe, and he would go into the holy place, and if he was unholy, they'd no longer hear the, hear the bells ringing, and he would be dead. And they would drag him out by the rope around his ankle. But there in that secret place, that pl and that tells me something about the secret place. We need to reverence the secret place. A lot of people today want to, want to be relevant, but what I think the greater cry of the church ought to be is to be reverent. If we can get reverent before God, God will make us relevant. If we get reverent before God and humble ourselves, the Bible says if we humble ourselves in due season, he would exalt us. If we get humble before God and reverent before God, God would speak a word to us that would transform our generation. I don't know about you, but I want God to change this generation. I believe there's another revival coming. I believe there's another move of God coming, but we're only going to get that move if we let God get our ear in the secret place. Think about Joshua. Moses had just died, and they had crossed over the Jordan. And there on the other side of the Jordan, they see the biggest thing they've ever seen. They seen a wall around a city that was so wide that two chariots could go side by side racing around the wall. And there he, really, he looks at this great wall and thinks, how in the world? We're just a bunch of nomadic people that have been slaves for 400 years. How are we going to overcome that? And he goes and gets alone with God. And there he meets, the Bible says he meets the angel. He meets the commander of the Lord's host. The commander of the armies of the Lord. Many theologians and scholars believe that this was Jesus himself. And he gets new direction. I don't know what you're dealing with. Some of you need direction. Some of you need wisdom. Some of you need a plan. If we'll get alone with God. God will direct our steps for the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are order the Lord that he might walk in them. He'll show us what he wants us to do. I think of Daniel while in captivity. Next out in Babylon. He, he's troubled and he has many visions of God. And there he is in, in Daniel 10, 8 it says, Therefore I was left alone. When I saw this great vision and no strength remained in me, my, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me and I retained no strength. He was alone and God gave him a vision of what was going to come that we are seeing come to pass in this hour, in this generation. Sometimes it's only in the secret place, Pastor, where we're going to get a true word of God. We need to get along with the Lord. And finally, I think, I think of Gideon. Good old Gideon. How many of you have ever been afraid? Maybe I'm the only one. I go to work and I work with people. God bless their heart. They're not saved. They, they, they take his name in vain. It's, it's just vulgar. And, and, and sometimes I just want to stick my fingers in my ear and go, la, 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 la. 
Because I hear things that I don't want in my spirit. Right? And I think they don't, they don't want to hear what I have to say. And I feel like Gideon. The Bible says that Gideon and the people of Israel, they were being overrun by the Midianites. And he was hiding in a wine press all alone. Threshing wheat. You know, you don't thresh wheat in a wine press. You thresh wheat on a mountaintop. Because the wind can blow. I feel the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we get stuck in the wine presses of life. And there's no place for the wind to blow. But if we'll call unto God, God will show up in the wine press. And he'll call unto you even when you're full of fear and doubt and disbelief. And say, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon says, who, me? Sometimes we don't even believe it. But we need to get God's ear tonight. Let him get our ear. And finally, Mary and Joseph. I mean, can you imagine, ladies, being a 13-year-old girl and an angel of the Lord appearing unto you and saying, you're going to bear the Son of God. I've heard a lot of women say it's overwhelming to be a mother. What about being the mother to God? Talk about not wanting to mess it up, right? Think about Joseph. He finds out that she's pregnant, and it's not by him. And she's not pregnant by God. Yeah, right. How about if, men, if your wives told you, I'm pregnant, but it's not by you, it's by God. How many of you would believe that tonight? Right? You don't think that those thoughts ran through his mind? But an angel, while he was alone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and said, Fear not to take her as your wife, for that which is in her, in her is of the Holy Ghost. Sometimes we get confused and we don't know what to do, but if we'll get alone with God in the secret place, He'll give us wisdom and direction. Go back with me to Psalm, 90, in Psalm 91. And let's look at verse two, 1 and 2. It says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him I will trust. The first thing I want to point out to you tonight is the secret, if you want to find the secret place, the secret place is God himself. Look at verse 2. It says, my God in him I will trust. We can know God, but until we truly begin to trust in God. It's one thing to know about someone, but it's another thing to trust in them. What does that mean? That means whatever he wants to do, however he wants to do it, and whatever means he wants to do it, we say, I trust you. Job said, though you slay me, yet will I serve you. He, he didn't understand why God took away his wife, or not his wife, but took away his children and all his possessions and left him with boils to die. He said, naked I came in the world, naked I will leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He trusted in God. Why? Because he had been in the secret place. He knew the God that he believed in, he had faith and trust in him. Because as we look at the heroes of the Bible, we often think that the secret place will keep us out of troubles and trials. But I want to tell you, that's not true. We're going to all face troubles and trials. In fact, John 16, says this, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. We're going to face, I want to tell you something. You're going to face troubles and trials. But be of good cheer. For you serve the one who has overcome the world. Can we give him a hand clap of praise tonight? We praise you, Jesus. 
Because when we look through the Bible, we can see that all the heroes of faith and Jesus himself suffered tremendously, but they knew the Lord and they trusted in him. And if we will do the same, we can overcome just as they did. So if we're going to go through tri trials and tribulations, what is the secret place about? It's a place that we learn to trust in God. We in this, I believe in this generation, we're going to have to learn to trust in God. Some of you that are a little bit older than me, you've, you've been through some things and you've learned to trust in God. But I was telling my wife the other day, I think our generation hasn't learned to trust in God. I'm just going to be really point blank honest. You know why? Because we have good insurance. We can go to the doctor. We have a good job. We have all those resources at our disposal. But what happens when there's another recession or depression and we don't have our job? Right? Some of you can tell, I've heard testimonies of people saying they didn't have a job, but groceries would show up on the doorstep. My dad and mom tell me a time when they were both sick and dad couldn't work and, and they had ran out of food and couldn't go to the store and they were sitting there praying there in the, in the house and they said, God, we got two kids and we don't have any food in the house. We're both sicker than a dog. And someone knocked on the door. And there were two bags of groceries sitting on, and they hadn't told anybody. Well, I tell you, someone else did because they had been in a secret place and he had the ear of someone else who had been in a secret place and they got provision. We need to get in the secret place tonight. Because Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And I begin to think of Daniel, uh, of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 3.28. Nebuchadnezzar said this of, of, of these three Hebrew boys. Ne Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants. Now listen to this. Who trusted in him. This is a pagan king. I don't know how your Bible does, but in the New King James, it, every time a pronoun, a personal pronoun refers to God, it capitalizes it. And here Nebuchadnezzar, a pagan king, says in him, not little h, big H. For we can go back in the story, we remember, it says, did we not put three men in the fire? And they said, yes, O king. He said, but for lo, I see four men loose and walking about, and one is like unto the Son of God. Why? Why did God show up? Because I believe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they told Nebuchadnezzar, you can put us in the fire or you can leave us out, but one thing we know, we will not bow to your God. We will not bow to you because our God is able to deliver us. Come on, praise him tonight. Praise Him tonight. If you have the ear of God, if you've been in a secret place, you may have to go through the fire. You may have to go through the flood, but He'll be with you. And those three boys came out with not even the smell of smoke upon them. And that which had bound them, bound them no more. I like that. The devil wants to bind some of you tonight. In fact, some of you are bound tonight. And he's thrown you in the, 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 the fiery furnace of affliction. And you feel like God's not there. But the Bible says if you call unto him, he would in no wise cast you out. 
Get in that place and call unto God in a secret place. And though you feel like you're in the fire, there'll be one who'll walk through the fire with you. And God will use the very thing that you're in to loose you from the bonds that hold you. And you'll come out blessing God and shouting and glorifying the name of Jesus. So we must learn to trust in him. think of a good example of this. You say, well, that's in the Bible. They were special. Yes, they were, but they're just like us. We often look at the people in the Bible and we think, Pastor, they had special grace. No. They got the same grace that you have. They got the same grace that I have. They're no different from you or I. In fact, the Bible says that they went through the very things they went through so we could have an example. It was for us that they went through those things so we could see how the God of heaven moved on their behalf when they had faith in him and we could see the very same things in our life. But I think of one of my favorite little books. If you've never read this book, I'd encourage you to read this. Anyone ever read The Hiding Place? If you've not read that book, you are missing out. Now I know some of you are saying, well, I watched the movie. Kids, you probably wouldn't like the movie. It's a little bit dated. It's back done in the late 70s, early 80s. But the book is phenomenal. And here Corrie Ten Boom is with her sister Betsy. And while they're in a Nazi concentration camp, they knew how to get along with God. And though the Nazis did all manner of evil to them, they had faith in God. And God brought them through. You said, well, Betsy died. Can I tell you, this life is not the end all of all. When Betsy closed her eyes in death, she opened them up to her Savior. So God brought her through. And God also brought Corey through. Because if you go and you read on, Corey, later after the war, she's preaching all over Germany. She's telling them about Jesus. And talking about the forgiveness and the grace of God. How do you know God will let you be tested by your preaching? And after she's done preaching, Pastor, a big strapping man walks to the front. And he kind of hem hauls around and he says, I just want to know if you really mean what you say. He says, I was a guard at Ravensbrook. And I was there with your sister when she died. Will you forgive me? Does grace count for me? I can't imagine the, the turmoil in her heart. But yet she had been with the Lord. She had been in a secret place. And though so her natural inclination to hate was there, the grace of God overcame her natural intentions. And she gave him grace that he didn't deserve. We need to get in the secret place. Why is it so important? Because we're going to need it in this last day. Because like it's not going to get easier. It's going to get harder. We need to get, get in the secret place. And we do that by trusting in him. We must learn to dwell in the secret place of trust in God. How do we do that? Go with me to Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. We, so we must learn not to trust in ourselves. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the, the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and he will direct your path. So many times we trust in self. 
God wants to speak to us in the secret place, but we already have an agenda. We already have an idea. We already have something worked out in our mind. But if we're really going to go to the secret place, we have to go not trusting ourselves. The Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who can know it? We must not trust ourselves. Also, go over to Psalm 56, 3-4. If we're going to really trust in Him, we can't give place to fear. Psalm 56, 3-4 says, Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will, in, in God, I will praise His word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? What does that look like? Even when we feel fear, we express faith. Everything around us may be falling apart. I trust you. Because we walk by faith and not by I told people a long time ago, I believe the enemy, he has no power over you if you're a believer. Right? So you know what he does? He tries to intimidate you and bully you to think that he does. He, he operates by the power of suggestion. But if we will begin to declare the word of God, then we don't have to be afraid. Because he says, give, the scripture teaches us to give no place to the devil. Also, we must not trust in man. How many times have we been backed out of the church or backed out of closeness with God because we've trusted in man and man has let us down? Psalm 146.3 says, do not put your trust in princes nor in a son of man in whom there is no help. We need to trust in God. But what is the secret place of God like? Turn over with me to Proverbs 16, 20. The first thing I want to tell you about the secret place, it's a happy place. Anybody want to be happy tonight? You know what? There's nothing wrong with being happy. God wants you to be happy. Proverbs 16, 20 says, He who heeds the word wisely will find good, and whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. That secret place will bring you to a place of contentment. Why? Because you know that he's in control. Because you trust in him. Also, I believe that the secret place is a place of stability. Go, to, go with me to Psalm 125.1. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. If we would just learn to trust in him in that secret place, we could abide forever. Psalm 27.5 says, For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. I begin to think about that secret place. I'm kind of a, my wife thinks I'm a nerd. I just accept it. That's what I am. I like the Lord of the Rings and all the knights and all, the, all those stories of, of kings and warriors, and, you know. But I love it when they, they retreat to the fortress, right? It's a safe place. It's a safe haven. Well, you know, the Bible says the name of the Lord is a strong tower that the righteous can run, in and run into and be saved. We can run into the Lord and the, all hell may be breaking loose around us and the devil may be doing everything he can to intimidate us. We can run into God and we can know that we are safe and secure. It's also a place of protection. Psalm 18, 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my shield, the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Do you get that? He's yours. He's your strength and protection tonight. 
Psalm 32, 7, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with the songs of deliverance. Selah, I, I begin to think, as my, on the way over here tonight, I begin to think about Noah. Noah learned how to get along with God. In a generation that was wicked and perverse, you think our nation is bad. Think of what Noah went through. Noah preached for 400, was it 400 years? No converts, but his family. Kind of wicked generation. But what did he do? He built the ark, of, the ark of safety. And when he got in, the waters raged around him and his family. But they were safe in the secret place. And God had shut the door. I want to tell you, you can go into the secret place with God tonight. And though the storms may rage around you, you are safe. Now how will God respond to us when we go to the secret place? He'll protect us, and he'll deliver us from the enemy. Psalm 91, 4 says, He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. So, what are, how do we respond to this call to the secret place? Go with me to 1 Samuel 3, and we're going to look at just a few verses here as I begin to close. I believe God is calling us to the secret place. This is the story of Samuel. And in 1 Samuel 3, we, if you know the story, Samuel's there and he's just a child. And God begins to speak to Samuel. And he calls to Samuel and says, Samuel. And Samuel gets up and he runs to Eli and says, you called me. And Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to sleep. He goes and lays back down. And he calls to him again. God calls to him again and says, Samuel, Samuel. He gets up and he runs to Eli. And Eli says, I didn't call you. Go lay down. It takes three times for Eli to finally realize, oh, God is calling me. That tells me something about Eli. Eli wasn't hearing the voice of God anymore. He apparently wasn't going to the secret place. And I believe if we're not careful, we can come to a place where we stop hearing the voice of the Lord calling us to the secret place. I want to hear his voice calling me to the secret place. I want to be like Samuel, not like Eli in this regard. Because what happens? Go with me to verse 1. This is now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. I want to tell you, when we stop going to the secret place, we'll stop hearing his voice. Someone come to the piano. I want to close. It says there, but also, there are some who have forgotten the location of the secret place. We see Eli had laid down. His eyes had grown dim, and the lamp was going out. I want to tell you, if, if it says he lied down in his own place, we need to make sure we're going to God's place and not our own place. We need to come to that place where we're hearing his voice. Because if we don't, what we'll find is our eyes will begin to grow dim. What does that mean? We won't see things as they really are anymore. And we'll stop seeing and hearing the voice of God. But if we will respond like Samuel did, God will speak to us tonight. God wants to bring us to the secret place. Moses made a tabernacle outside of the camp for the secret place. And when he did so, I find it interesting that it said he would go out, Pastor, and he would, he took his 
tent outside of the camp. And he built that for God to meet with him. And it's interesting that it said all the people would watch him as he went in. And the glory of God would descend upon the tabernacle of meeting. And there God would speak to Moses face to face. How many want God to speak to you face to face? How many want to know his voice? Sometimes we've got to get outside the camp. We've got to go somewhere new. We've got to dig into that secret place with God. But I find it interesting that people watched Moses as he went into the secret place. They saw the glory of God descend as Moses met with God. And it says they worshiped in their tent door. I want to tell you, you know this world wants to see a people that have been with God. This generation is looking for a people that have been with God. They've, they've, they've seen the people who preach messages and don't mean it. Right? They've seen those who don't live it. They're looking for someone who really has the ear of God. And God has their ear. And they'll worship. But I like the final verse. Moses talked, says that, so the Lord spoke to Moses, verse 11, face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. So when we go to that secret place, we need to take somebody with us. We need to grab the hand of a young person. We need to grab the hand of a child. And young person, we need to stay in that secret place. Why? Because we need to get so inundated with his presence. We need to get so accustomed to his voice. As one preacher I heard say, that we would recognize his voice in a crowded mall at Christmas time. Do you know why I believe Joshua recognized the commander of the Lord's host? Because he had been in the presence of God in the tabernacle of meeting. He had heard the voice of the Lord. And when he saw him, he said, there you are. There you are. I want to go into that secret place. I want to, I want to hear his voice. Why? Because we need revival. I don't mean a series of meetings. We need a true, we need an awakening. We need a movement of God that shakes this city and shakes this nation for God. Because we have been in his presence. And he has our ear. How many of you want God to have your ear tonight? Why don't we all stand tonight? Lord, I've attempted to share what you put in my heart to the best of my ability. And God, through my feeble words, I pray that you have spoken to the hearts of your people. God, I believe every one of these people in here tonight, every individual, every man, every woman, every boy, every girl that's under the sound of my voice, you want to speak to them. You want them to find the secret place. You're not trying to hide it from them. You're not trying to keep it from them, but you're saying, seek me, and you shall find me if you seek me with all your heart. You want to reveal yourself to these people tonight. Oh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. Come on, just begin to worship him. Begin to ask him to lead you into the secret place. Begin to ask him to lead you into the secret place. Oh, God, lead us into the secret place. Oh, God, we need
need you to lead us to the secret place. Oh God, shake us, God. Shake us out of our out of, out of our routines and out of our lethargy and, and God, out of the mundane to God where we seek you, where we go outside of the camp to where we meet you and you meet with us and you transform our lives. Oh, oh God, meet with us tonight. Jesus. Oh God, meet with us tonight. Come on, worship him tonight. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. Come at this place and feel the atmosphere. Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for. To be overcome by your presence, love. I feel impressed to share something with you for a moment. My mom and dad had six kids. And at one particular point, when Lori was a baby, the, the youngest, she had six of us running around. I think I was about 12. Lori was a newborn. My dad was working second shifts. My mom had been praying all night long because there was no milk for the baby. The baby was crying, Lori was crying, and we were running around, we were wanting food, and they were, I don't know if you've ever been there, but they were just living from week to week, check to check. Things weren't, you know, coming together. My dad was working unbelievable hours. My mom was sitting in a rocking chair holding Lori, and she was praying, and she started crying. She pulled us kids over to the chair, and she said, let's pray. She said, God's got to do something. God's got to minister to, our, to, to this baby, to this need tonight. God can do that. We all prayed with her and we went back to play it. My mom sat in that rocker and she kept rocking Lori. And then she laid her down. She finally got her to sleep. My mother went over and laid on the couch close by. And I'll never forget it. About, oh, about an hour had went by. And my mom woke up. She got up, scared the living daylights out of me. She got up, she ran into her bedroom. She opened up the second drawer down and she pulled it out, and when she pulled it out, she pulled the whole drawer out. When she did, she looked up in there, and there was a white envelope that had $7.43 in it. In her sound sleep, after she'd been praying, she had no idea where that envelope had gone. It had been there for probably a year or two. But in her sleep, how many of you know God already knows where everything is, where the provision is for you? She said right then, she said she had a dream, and God showed her an envelope sliding back behind that drawer, and she woke up out of a sound sleep and went running into that bedroom. She called my dad at work, and she said, get home and go to the store and get some milk for this baby. God came through, and I thought about you when you were preaching. I thought, that's hearing the voice of God. That's being in the secret place with the Most High. I'm telling you, we don't want to underestimate what God can do in our lives. God wants to lead you, guide you, direct you, bring miracles to pass in your life. He wants to reveal his powerful love to you. He'll show you things you don't remember. 
He'll show you things you never knew. But God will lead you and he will always make a way where there is no way. That's hearing the voice of God. I want you to know tonight, if you need to hear the voice of God, I sat there and as the Lord brought that back to my mind, I started to cry and I sat there and I thought, Lord, it don't take very much, does it? Don't take very much to just get in that place where we can hear you. She was just a, an ordinary little mama with six kids, and God cared enough about her situation to reveal where that $7.43 was. And if he cares about that, he cares about you and where you are tonight. God wants to provide for you. Some of you come in here tonight, and you've got needs. You've got things you need God to do, and there are some things you don't even know where the answer is. You have no idea what God's going to do or how he's going to do it. Now, I want to tell you, I believe with all my heart, he revealed that little thing, that little secret thing, so that you would understand God's going to come on the wings of the secret place. He's going to minister to your need. I want you to come. I want you to come expecting and believing. If you want special prayer, we're going to meet you here. But if you'd just like to get a few minutes off in this altar and find a place there at your seat or wherever to get in a secret place for just a few minutes, I'm believing you're going to leave here and some of you may run out because there may be something you got to go find, something you got to go get. How many of you know he's a great, big, awesome, mighty God? Come on. Come with us. Let's pray. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we come to you. We thank you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. It's in the secret places, God, that we'll find you. You're there to be found. You said, seek me with all of your heart, and when you do, you'll find me. I'm so thankful for your presence here tonight. Touch us, Lord. We honor you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah.
Shame. 